Which key can often be seen in between F and G on a keyboard? The answer to that at the end of the show. My name's Tom Scott and this is Lateral. On today's show, we have three guests who are uniquely qualified to make you laugh, think and question your life choices. And I will let you decide which one of them is which. We start with, from his own YouTube channel, transport and train expert, Jeff Marshall. Hello, Tom. Thanks for having me. Yes. Hi. How are you? Thanks for uh, thanks for being back on the show. Um, last time I accidentally referred to train station instead of railway station uh, in this introduction. What's the difference? What's the why? Why will nerds get angry at me about that? Are they going to get angry about that description as well? Aren't they? <laughs> no, it's fine. No, no, we're all nerds. That's fine. No, 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 nerds are great. If you're in a pub full of nerds and and you bring up the is it a train station or a railway station, that's pretty much the discussion gone for the whole for the whole <laughs> evening. It's just it's a it's a thing. And um, I'm I'm on the railway side. It, it's either you're on railway station or it doesn't matter. Words are just words, and some people are like no, it must be railway. So. I would I would go with railway station if you want to look cool and credible. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure I want to look cool and credible, Jeff. I'm not sure I've ever looked cool and credible in my life. No. <laughs> Sorry. You're not meant to I, agree. I to agree so You're not meant to agree with <laughs> Well Next up. Next on the list. Next on the list to roast me, uh, we have from the depths of Wikipedia, which is uh her Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and a, a lot of other places. Uh, we have Annie Rowder. Thank you for coming back on the show. How are you doing? Hello. I'm very excited to be here. But you've, you've got a cat. I do have a cat here who has come to hang out on my lap and whisper me answers. If there's any sudden purring on the audio, that is that is either the train going by <laughs> Annie's window or the cat just making a growling noise in the background. Um. Last time, Annie, we asked a question about someone you've written a Wikipedia article about. How many have you written? A few dozen. So there are people out there that have written like thousands. I'm not one of those. I wish. Maybe someday. Um, but here and there, if I find something that's not covered that really should be, that has coverage, I'll just quick write up a Wikipedia article. But I can't take true credit for them because then all sorts of other people come and make it lots better. Also making our show lots better. Uh, how's that for a segue? Was that smooth enough? It's very smooth. I'm just going to look from the producer, never mind. Uh, we're also joined from the London History Show and her own tours of London and her own TikTok. We have returning Jay Draper. Jenny, how are you doing? Hello. Good to be here. Yes, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And no cat with you in your room? No. Uh, sadly not. You've been doing tours of London for a while now. When you transitioned to TikTok, was it sort of... I'm going to take people around or was it just I'm going to, I'm going to show off this thing? Oh, so um, I was actually studying. Uh, when I started TikTok, I was studying to get my tour guiding qualification. And it so happened that the world shut down for some sort of global event for two years. And my all my exams... Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember that. All my exams were suspended. And I was like, I'm going to forget everything that I've revised unless I start, you know writing it down or recording it in more ways. So it was. It started off as just me trying to remember bits of trivia for my exam. Well, good luck to all three of you. On this show, we have no GPS and no set destination. So let's embrace the detours and the dead ends and see where the conversation takes us. We have three questions. Fasten your seatbelts. Here's the first. A listener question sent in by Hugo Bush. Faced with falling church attendances in the 1950s, the Antwerp-based company Belgica managed to save their business by halving the number of units sold, adding dye, and finding younger customers. How? 
One more time, faced with falling church attendances in the 1950s, the Antwerp-based company Belgica managed to save their business by halving the number of units sold, adding dye, and finding younger customers. How? Did you say church? I said church. Is this a communion wine-drinking thing? Did they make blue wafers? Nilla wafers? You're all honing in on the right sort of thing. It is Catholicism. It is wafers. You've solved the first part of that immediately. And frankly, if it's a food product around church, that was the easy part. The next part is, what did they do with that? So they halved the number of sales. So I'm guessing like they made it more exclusive and seeming like fancier um, and changed the colour to make them seem fancier as well, like made them purple or brown or something. And then sold them. Halving the units sold is a uh, sort of fudgy way to describe what they did here. They made them smaller? They didn't add fudge. It's not a. They doubled the size, perhaps. Diet wafers. Hang on. Or is is it a shrinkflation thing? It's the same product, but less less money. No, the same money, but less less a product. No. Or the inverse. What are. Okay, I'm trying to think of like little little wafery things that have colors. Like goldfish crackers, sometimes you can get the color variety of those, but it's definitely not that because Pepperidge Farms is the company that makes those. Or like breakfast cereal, you can get like the multi-grain, what's the hoopy cereal? Well, it's gone out of my head. I'm not sure there's a communion wafer breakfast cereal, Jeff, although <laughs> there's several really sacrilegious jokes that I'm just not going to tell here. But... Later, Tom, afterwards, in, in the post chat, we'll do that. <laughs> Wow. No, no, just 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 to save me from getting cancelled here, Jeff. No, we won't. <laughs> okay. Jesus owes. Um There we go. There we go. Yeah. Here I was thinking that Fruit Loops had originated <laughs> as communion wafers. Oh, uh, you you're all around the right area here. Like you've 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 got it. it you're just not quite thinking what actually feels like looks like a communion wafer. There are But did you say did you also say younger audience? They appeal to a younger audience. So yeah. it's what food type appeals more to a younger person than an older person. Is this like a new food that's been, like a new brand that's been invented? Like they they, they were a, a communion wafer company and then they pivoted to like Jaffa cakes or mini cheddars or something. They pivoted to something. Oyster crackers? Uh, you're, you're, very, you're close, but that's not a younger audience. I'm old. What 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 do kids eat that old people don't? I don't know. No, this was the sixties. Uh, I'm still old. Or fifties? Excuse me. <laughs> At this point, you could have candy cigarettes in there, and it'd yeah. No, nineteen fifties. Nineteen fifties. LSD. <laughs> you put it on your tongue, and it just dissolves. Uh, yeah, uh, actually, Jenny, you you're very very close now. They didn't actually put LSD in it. Uh, no, they didn't put LSD in it, but. I, that's the point of a wafer. You put it on your tongue and it dissolves. And it dissolves. That's not the point of a wafer. The point, <laughs> the point of a wafer is not that you put it on your tongue and it dissolves. I'm going to get angry letters from Catholics. But that's, that's the point of the product they went with. What, so what else dissolves on your tongue? Gerbert? Oreos? Oh, no, it's Oreos, isn't it? It's not Oreos. That's not communion wafers, oh, Jeff. Jammy dodger. No but, it could be, no, but like, did Oreo come up with, like, you know, Oreo communion wafers, like, as, as a brand? <laughs> Man, that would have that would have increased church attendance if they started giving out Oreos every week. Yeah, That's the body of Christ flavor. <laughs> would you like Fruit Loops for your communion or Oreos? <laughs> Both. <laughs> the thing is, you, you're circling around the right answer. Like, what what 
food item? What food item for a younger audience can you make with two wafers and a little bit of something extra? A macaroon. It's very... It, it's not a macaroon. It's very close. An eclair? Um, no, that's not right. Uh, like a cookie sand. I'm thinking like cookie sandwiches, but that's not That's not it. That's an Oreo. I'm just talking. I'm just talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got told off for that. <laughs> you didn't get told off. I'm riffing with you here, Jeff. There's a yes and. I, I got ridiculed for that. <laughs> Is this a British thing or is it an American thing, Tom? Is they it- have different names in both countries, but I think pretty much all the developed world has this. Oh, whoa. That seems like it should be a hint. That's a big clue, Annie. Come on. Oh, 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 oh. I I know it. I know it. It's a Dutch company because it's a big Wikipedia thing. Stroopwafels. No, sorry. (laughs) No. (laughs) They're they're a Belgian company from Antwerp, by the way. So it's it's unfortunately not not Stroopwafels. It would have been regular waffles there. They're going to be screaming at you. So I'll I'll give you one more on this. It's two pancakes, two communion wafers. They're not big. They're not even, they're not a different shape, they're not a different size. It's just two wafers with some stuff between them that you're going to find in sweet shops. <laughs> I've, I've got to give it to you. It's, it's flying saucer sweets or satellite wafers in the US. Oh. It's, the, it's the little things that look like UFOs, which were like yeah. 1950s, 1960s. They were in, in the public. Uh... Hang on, do they have sherbet inside? I, about five minutes ago, I said sherbet. If you wind back the, the tape, I said sherbet. All right, well, I didn't hear it, so I'll get quietly removed. I'm um, sorry, Jeff. Um, so, tape, wind it yeah. back. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is the flying sauce or the satellite wafers, which just have uh, sherbet or popping candy or something inside. Those were invented because they were communion wafers and... That was their new invention. Yeah, they weren't um, worried about us being sacrilegious, so they they took their communion wafers and stuck sherbet in between them. <laughs> yes, in in the 1950s, uh, Antwerp-based company Belgica came up with the idea of putting two communion wafers together, putting originally some medicine in there and selling it as a pharmaceutical thing, and then realizing they could just put sugar or sherbet in there instead, and they sold those as flying saucers or satellite wafers. All our guests have brought a question with them. I don't know the question. I definitely don't know the answer. We will start with Jeff whenever you're ready. Okay. When Matthew Lunn started his new job in 1992, he screwed his shoes to a wooden rectangular board, got onto his office desk and then leapt off. Who had just employed him? I will read that again. Matthew Lunn started his new job in 1992. He screwed his shoes to a wooden rectangular board got onto his office desk and then leapt off. Who had just employed him? It's brilliant. <laughs> my, my first thought is, it can't be because this was 1992, but my first thought was Red Bull, and this is just a really good marketing campaign for them because I feel like extreme shoe-nailed jump from a height is probably a thing they'd have done or would have done. You like they put a skate park under a hot air balloon. They've done a load of it. It was either that or jackass. <laughs> I like the idea of a of a Red Bull stunt done in an office where it's like <laughs> escape, you know, escape corporate life and turn everything into your skate park. Speaking of skate parks though, I think it could be a skateboarding company or a snowboarding company like Burton or a wakeboarding company, something where you're boarding. But I can't think of any skateboarding companies off the top of my head. Vans? Like Vans off the wall? Tiny Hawk? 
There's loads of things like that. What was the name? Matthew Lunn? Matthew, Matthew Lunn, 1992. The year is a clue. And wait, how did he, did he say attached, like nailed? How did he connect his shoes to the, to the board? Uh, I've got a picture here that you can't see, but so there's a, like a wooden board. Yeah, like a skateboard. The shoes are nailed to it. And then he then obviously put his feet inside the shoes. So his feet are rigid on the board and then jumped off. I just had a flashback to something I haven't thought about in years, which is an advert that terrified me as a very young child. And it was an advert for some sort of glue. And I can't remember the details of it, but they are uh, like stuck. So I'm sure there were loads of safety precautions. You couldn't see it was actually not actually done that way. But they like super glued uh, a stuntman's shoes upside down to a board and then like dangled him out over a shark infested waters or something. Clearly these days, like that's a stunt with a load of safety precautions. As like a four or five year old child, that genuinely terrified me. Like it was one of those things that you watch on television and it just, as a child, scares the hell out of you for some reason. Yeah, Tom, back me up on this. There was also a guy in like a white jumpsuit stuck to a board. It was to do a super glue or something and they dangled yes. him over a volcano. Is it no more nails? I don't know. All I know is that there's some horrible, like, childhood television trauma bubbling yeah. up in the back of my brain now. Yeah. I'll, I'll search on YouTube later. It's clearly not relevant to the question. But that, <laughs> no. that's just need to go and just give me the shudders for a while when I go up and look, yeah. and look it up. Go down a YouTube rabbit hole later of old 1980s adverts. Yeah, that's always, that's always fun. Some archivist will have will have put yeah. that up on the internet somewhere, yeah. probably with an obnoxious yeah. watermark over it. Yeah. You've, sorry, tangent, anecdote. You've seen the one where John Noakes, Blue Peter, climbs up Nelson's column in Trafalgar Square without any safety harness. And you're like, yes. oh my it's God. It's not just that though. The cameraman, the cameraman is doing it's it. Terrifying. With a 1980s camera, one <laughs> hand on the ladder. Uh, apparently it's... he had to do it twice because the first time <laughs> the film didn't work or something like that. They had technical problems. That's insane. Just uh, to, to fill in for people who don't know, Blue Peter is like a, a magazine program for kids. Like here's interesting stuff in the world. It's one of the things that inspired me. And I was a bit too old. I, I didn't see the footage from this until years later. But one of the presenters was working out how they clean Nelson's column, the big the big column in Trafalgar yeah. Square. And yeah, it turns out they just, before, before harnesses were a thing, they just went up on ladders, including like one where you have to climb, like dangling, like backwards on a ladder. And if you don't do it right... You're four. You're and they just kind of took him up there. And there's a camera guy doing it back. I assume none of this is relevant to the question, Jeff. No, but he's kind of... Okay. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> and I'm, it's been five minutes now. Um, I think yeah, Annie okay, said... Sorry. Like, it's like she said to skateboard. It's nothing to do with skateboarding. Okay. Sorry. And it's far too early for jackass or anything like that. Okay. And I don't know when what year jackass was. Yeah. That would have been early 2000s. Shoes, nailed to board, jumps off desk. Um, he he then proceeds to walk and crawl and run around the office like this whilst he's being videoed. So he's being filmed. Uh, has he been hired by Pixar and he's being one of the little army guys? <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, yes exactly. Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, how did you I thought, of, how did... I thought of the army guys like ten minutes ago before the tangent, but what I was it? like, that's not from 1992. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's you've just. That's... It is. That's like 1994-95. Toy Story came out, so they would have been starting development in it back then. You've nailed it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> like his, like his shoes. <laughs> like his shoes. That's freaky that you got... Well, I had more clues lined up. 
Thank you for holding off on that until we got through the tangents there. That's fine. It's... I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know that was going to be right. Um... Yeah, Jenny, I want you on my pub quiz team. And if you, we're, we're, you're my new best friend. Come to all quizzes that I now go to. And, uh, I'm fine as long as, uh, as long as we have someone for the sports round. I'm all good. Would you like to know some of the more details? Yes, please. In 1992, Matthew Lillard was uh, employed by Pixar. He was one of the first 12 animators employed by Pixar to work on their first animated film, Toy Story. Uh, and his first assignment was to animate the little green army men. So to do that, he rigged up this shoe contraption and videoed himself and played it back to get the animation correct. That's brilliant. <laughs> Next up, we have a listener question from August Sappho. Thank you very much. In February 2014, a flurry of various mobile phones were offered on eBay for around $1,000 more than identical phones of the same models. Why? One more time, in February 2014, a flurry of various mobile phones were offered on eBay for around $1,000 more than identical phones of the same models. Why? So they're identical, so this isn't that, like, you know, the, the keyboard spells out, like, fart or something. Uh, they're identical. <laughs> I like how that was your, that was your go-to for what the... <laughs> Wait, like, like the, the there'd be a misprint on them. <laughs> no, these are, these are identical. So I'm clearly not very good at um, knowing when my answers are correct and when they're not. So I'm not trying to do another false positive, but I do think I know it. So All right. does it have to do with um, an app? It does. So, uh, Annie, I will ask you to sit out for this one. Having given uh, several of my clues in one word there to Jeff and Jenny. I was the perfect age to care about this thing a lot. There are limited edition apps which only sell so many units and then and then it stops. So it was a company provided a phone with an app on that was a limited edition. Was this when like iTunes put out uh, like uh, U2's um, album as standard on all their iTunes and you had to buy, they were buying one without the album on it? Oh, no, but I know someone who still has that on their phone and cannot get rid of it. Because there's a there's a web page you can go to to have it removed from your Apple account, but that doesn't work with like two factor authentication. So unless you did that in like the first six months, you you gen you cannot remove it from your music library. It's still there. It just follows him from phone to phone to phone. One of my favourite online memes is is someone's created a mock up a picture of Bono sneaking into someone's room late at night with a vinyl collection and inserting the album, and it's like if you don't own iTunes, here's how we're doing it. <laughs> I'm, both, I'm thinking there's there's a terrible world it, which we do exist in where there was a limited edition phone years ago from Nokia where it, sorry it was, capitalism I think is the... <laughs> yes there we go yes scarcity <laughs> where you yeah. could pay for a really expensive phone and the idea was it was the rich person's lazy man phone and you and you got this phone it was limited edition and you rang it and there was like an operator on the other end of the phone that was there to help you with whatever you wanted so I can't help think is it it's not that app that cost a million pounds just for the sake of it to prove how rich you were was it? And it was on the phone. In this case, no, it was it was a regular phone. They were paying about $1,500 for a phone that should have been going for about 500 So mm. it was like, I've never heard of this, but it was, it, you know, when you used to text any question to a number, but they had like a personal person just for them. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was a couple of concierge apps, I think, on various phones, and one that just had a, a magic concierge button where they, and frankly, if you've got that amount of money, you probably already have a personal assistant. So you don't need a, a magic concierge app. Amazon's tablets had that for a while. If you needed cu uh, customer support on it for something with your Amazon account, they just had a magic button 
that would video call someone to help you set up your device. Um, but this is this is not that. This is this is an app. An app that's worth a thousand dollars. It wasn't officially limited edition. At least it wasn't sold as that. There was a mistake in like one version of the app, and it got updated. So like these these have the old version on it, where in the app it spells out fart, and <laughs> and that's what you're paying the extra thousand dollars for. <laughs> The app wasn't available anymore. It had been removed. What got taken down in 2014? Is it your Emojily app, Tom? <laughs> Actually, that is about the right date. I can't remember when, when Emojily was. I set up a thing with a friend that was uh, a emoji-only messenger about then. And uh, never, never build an app. It's a, it's a terrible, terrible idea. Um, it was nothing but customer support hassle. Um, we made no money from it. It was it was just just a complete pain in the ass. Uh, we did shut that down, but we also shut down all the back end systems that went with it, so it, it wouldn't have worked anymore. And I suspect this is either something you remember the news story about, or you don't. I, so, I, I know you haven't said an actual brand of phone. You just said phone, smartphone. I'm thinking, is it Apple specific? Is it is it iPhone or is it is it Android? iPhone, Android. I think it, I mm. think it was available on both, but it wouldn't really matter at this point. Gosh. No, Annie, they've they've set it up. You tap it into the goal. Are you ready? Are you ready? No. Oh no, I was. I feel like we're close. Another minute, we might get there. All right, you, you're very close. I'll I'll give you one more. It is a 2014 craze that then went away. It, it's not like the app of, of, of. It's like a virtual Tamagotchi or something, is it? Annie, tap it home. Flappy Bird. Correct. You can't get Flappy Bird anymore. Oh no, you're so late to this news. I'm so sorry. This is how you had to find out. <laughs> you, how can you? What? Why isn't Flappy Bird still going? What? Yeah, his name was Dong Gwyn. Uh, he felt guilty that he was earning $50,000 a day on something that people were finding so addictive that it was affecting their lives. So, with a day's notice, he said, I'm taking the app away. I'm removing it from sale. 10 million people downloaded the game. And then it vanished, and just for a brief period in 2014, people put their phones on eBay and sold them because that phone still had a Flappy Bird. Was there ever like a crowned Flappy Bird champion? Who was the winner of Flappy Bird? Who had the high score? Who had the all-time high score on Flappy Bird? <laughs> is that a known, is that a thing? I don't know. I know it went back on sale because immediately there were a thousand clones of it. Like, he was just using basically off-the-shelf assets. Uh, the game is not a new game mechanic. It had existed for ages. He just happened to hit a magic formula at the right time. So after a thousand people cloned it, he put the original back up. My, my favourite variant, by the way, is Flappy Wordle, or Flappy Birdle, <laughs> where you have to solve a Wordle, but your key presses cause the bird to flap. So it is this horrible nightmare of a game that I, I got to enough points to get past some milestones just like I'm never touching that again. <laughs> if you were 15 when this happened then this is your truth. I mean this is like a, a traumatic event. <laughs> I'm sorry that was a that was a sentence that just made me age like the end the guy at the end of um, Indiana Jones The Last Crusade. <laughs> just just dust. Just absolute withering dust thank you you should boot me you should banish me for this <laughs> uh, and thank you to our producer the flappy bird world record is 9813 points what <laughs> no way mine was like 23 <laughs> what 
Like props to him for for giving it giving it all up though. Like he's like the Jonas Sulk of apps. Do I, I I don't get that reference. Should oh, I get that? Reference? Sorry, he. Uh, I, I, I'm... <laughs> you're, you're you're too old, Tom. No, no, <laughs> definitely not. Uh, I might be wrong. A producer can check me, but I believe Jonas Sulk was the person who patented the polio vaccine and then gave it away for free. They have oh. a polio vaccine now, guys. Yay. <laughs> Tom's just learning about this. <laughs> yeah, I just learned about Fatty Bird. And, and Tom just learned that there is a vaccine. For He's like, yes. <laughs> Finally, I'm getting rid of this iron lung. <laughs> yes, the mobile phones. Thank you, youngsters. The mobile phones were put on the electronic auction site eBay for 1,000 downs because they contained Flappy Bird. Tom, Tom, you, Tom you, you know the Beatles split up, right? <laughs> our next question... <laughs> our next question... Annie, you know what? You can, you can let the oldsters have this next question. Why, why don't you give us one and see if we can, uh, see if we can work our way through this with our, with our walking frames? <laughs> All right, well, sit back, relax, grab some prune juice. Speak up, dear. I can't hear you. <laughs> it's all right matron will be along in a minute well sorry i'm too busy multitasking with my flappy bird game on my phone <laughs> are you ready for the question Go for it. yes dear <laughs> while driving on a rural road in the philippines evelyn heard a low rumbling noise for a few seconds probably similar to the train that's passing my house right now <laughs> Her car was fine and no roadworks had taken place. When repeating the journey a few days later, the noise had gone. Why? Aliens. One more time. This is absolutely an alien abduction <laughs> thing. One more time. When driving on a rural road in the Philippines, Evelyn heard a low rumbling noise for a few seconds. Her car was fine and no roadworks had taken place. When repeating the journey a few days later, the noise had gone. Why? Was it seismic movement? Was it like a rock fall? Was there a, a landslide happening nearby? Something like that? No. It wasn't like an underground volcano. Underground volcano. But it, like, <laughs> it's a volcanic area, right? I, mean, I was, I was going to try and think of Filipino stereotypes, but A, I don't have any, and B, I'm not doing those jokes. Yeah. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that could be. Could it just have been a, a plane flying overhead? Is it what, what some, or some kind of... What, what, no. We don't have a date for this, though, so it's not like... It's not like an airport moved or some historical event we could know. Mm -mm. It's not an airplane. And it also, so in terms of date, it really doesn't matter when, when this happened, because this seems to happen regularly. So it's something to do with that specific part of the road, because you said when she came back, it, it had gone. So it's not anything wrong with her car. Um, exactly. The car is fine. It's something with that area that's that's wrong or perhaps fine actually is evelyn important like is the, is the specific name important in this question or is this just evelyn happens to be someone from the philippines not at all you could swap out the name for tom if you wanted if that makes all you right. feel better okay i'm not sure it does but, but sure um, <laughs> was she by herself in the car does it say it doesn't matter hmm the first clue is that during the month, the location where the rumbling noise was heard kept changing. There's an escaped animal nearby that uh, that is moving about a bit and makes a low... It, it's the lesser spotted <gasps> Philippines growling tiger spider. And <laughs> that's a horrible idea. 
I don't know why my why my brain went to tiger spider. I picked two animals that rhymed, and I don't like the implications of that. Um, and it was just kind of hunting in the area and growling at the car. And I, this is completely wrong, isn't it? It was not the tiger spider. <laughs> Thankfully, my producer has told me there is such a thing as a tiger spider, but it's just a regular spider that has some stripes on it. So that's that's okay. It's not. It's not some horrible hybrid from a science fiction show. We're, we're okay. Can you tell if it, if it wasn't an animal of any description? Not an animal. It wasn't like something geological, like an earthquake or a volcano. Mm-mm, it has it has to do with the road surface. Oh. Well, then the road had been resurfaced. The, the, the maintenance crews had been along and chained something to the road surface. Whoa, that was a big that was a big step forward. That, that was a big leap for, for mankind right there. <laughs> you... You're onto something. It was the first road in the Philippines to be tarmacked or something. It was a stony road. That before. wouldn't be a low rumbling in different locations. I, my my head is stuck on the musical road that I filmed that once, where you <laughs> it has particular grooves in the road and it plays a tune very badly as you drive over it. But that's not the sort of thing that moves around. Was it? Was it a prank? Were some kids pranking road users by putting something on the road and then moving it? <laughs> no, it was not a prank. There are people. That do this, you're, you're right that it's people that are unauthorized that are doing something. Was was it some kind of protest organized by people? It was not. Or your a eye, your, you did the eyebrow thing. Your eyes went. <laughs> well, I was just thinking like that would be an interesting way to protest. Like, oh, you know, raise the minimum wage. I'm going to remind you by putting rumble strips everywhere. <laughs> um, but no, it was oh. not a protest. Oh, wait, are these rumble strips though? Are these like put down by? By road maintenance to warn of something that's moving around? No, they are not put down by anyone official. It's not a road maintenance thing, and it's not anything permanent like a like a rumble strip. It's a, it's just a it's a it's a thing that's more temporary. So is it like warning of something? People have put like sticks down in patterns to to get people to slow down because there's children nearby or something like that. Is it like vigilante road maintenance? Oh, that would be so cool, but no. Is it vigilante marketing, advertising, saying our ice cream booth is coming up in half a mile of time or something, <laughs> and, it, and it's to alert people to that? No, it is not that. I'll tell you that it has to do with the... So it's rural Philippines, the rural road in the Philippines, near um, a lot of farming. So is this like... The farm animals doing? So- oh no! Is there, is there like is there is there like such a big um, hatching of I don't know uh, like such a big crowd of animals that they rumble as they walk past? Like they, oh, no. they shake. Hold on, the the hatching is that like- one of the places where you get the the turtles going to the ocean or something like that? And like animals have to cross the road, and this is a, a warning to drivers. That's basically the same Are as they- the slow down for kids one, only with yeah, different- only with turtles or. Mm. No, that's a that's honestly cooler than what it really is. <laughs> I wish it were that. I wish everyone just stopped their cars and watched the turtles. <laughs> there's a lot of mm, I'm not gonna say it. There's there's a there's there's a crop that's grown that needs to be that needs to go through some treatments before it's ready for consumption. Oh, so they this is this like the farmers putting their crops on the road to like squidge the grape juice out or whatever it is. You're you're on the right track. Uh, okay, can we guess the crop? Is it is it wheat, corn? What 
I'm just remembering the only crop I know that makes noise is like bamboo as it grows, and I don't think that's the Philippines. Is it corn? It's not corn, but in China, this system is sometimes used for corn kernels. But in the Philippines, it's something different. But it's like a very basic thing that you have definitely had a lot. Rice? Yes, rice. Rice. I don't know anything about how rice, the rice plant, uh, but I guess... It's yeah. I guess you, they were putting it down to make people get it off the stem. I, I, I have no idea what rice is. I think you've basically gotten it. Yeah, I, I, I think you've got three people who know nothing more about rice here, other than it comes in a packet at the supermarket. I think you're going to need to need to fill in the gaps here. Okay, so Evelyn, our possibly real, possibly fake person who was driving in the rural road in the Philippines had been driving over rice. And the reason that the road was covered in rice is because Filipino farmers use the road to dry out their rice crops. Surprisingly, the action of driving over the rice doesn't seem to damage it nor cause it to spread out. After a few days, the farm workers bag up the rice for storage and the practice was banned in 1973, but it still happens regularly. So you could eat rice that's been driven over by rubber tires. What? Well, that's weird. You gotta wash your rice, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. That is the answer. Next time you have rice, beware. Maybe it has been driven over many times. A listener question now then, sent in by Michael Nebersney. The ceiling of Grand Central Terminal, New York, was to receive a Star Atlas design for its 1913 opening. When the painters got the plans in their hands, they knew it would be an impressive sight. However, a commuter soon spotted a glaring error. What was it, and what was the cause? One more time, the ceiling of Grand Central Terminal, New York, was to receive a Star Atlas design for its 1913 opening. When the painters got the plans in their hands, they knew it would be an impressive sight. However, a commuter soon spotted a glaring error. What was it, and what was the cause? I've got to say, it's a train station question, isn't it? (laughs) It's a railway I, station I believe, question. Jeff, it's a railway station question. <laughs> <laughs> um, to which I don't know the answer, so we're going to have to we're going to have to work it through. Mm. Um, I've I've been to Grand Central many times, Annie. I'm assuming you have. I sure have. <laughs> I have never looked up though. <laughs> okay. Have you ever done the Whispering Gallery there? The there's no. A, there's uh, an archway. I think it's in the basement. That is uh, a Whispering Gallery as good as the one at St Paul's. Like it's perfectly curved. Uh, but it works over a dome. So provided you've got someone to talk to, you can whisper so, so quietly at one corner of that and it will be heard like someone's whispering in your ear on the other side. That's Fantastic. so cool. Ugh, next time I need to tell a secret, I'll go to Grand Central. <laughs> <laughs> so did you say it was 19, 1913? 1913. They've got this design on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Do they to this day have stars on the ceiling at Grand Central? I've never been. I don't know. So this never got put up, or I, oh, it's, it was definitely put up. Uh, I think it's still there. Yes. You you say stars. I'm thinking. Well, is it anything to do with stars and stripe? Obviously, the the, the USA flag. Oh, like Star Atlas. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a formal formal astronomical name for it, but Star Atlas, map of the sky. Um, they done the wrong hemisphere because they're in the northern hemisphere and they done the southern hemisphere or something. Was there a weird mistake? Has, has did someone like make a constel? Did the artist like make a constellation of their nan or something and try and sneak it in? 
Oh, that that would be lovely. Gr- Grandma Major just sat <laughs> off in the corner as <laughs> you, you can see. There's there's the head. There's the body. There's there's, there's the, the knitting. knitting needles. Yep. Actually, that does sound like a constellation. We should have modern constellations. The three cowboys. Yep. The iPhone. <laughs> yeah, this one looks like Flappy Bird. <gasps> <laughs> Oh, no, I like that idea. I like the idea that we just rename the constellations every century or so for, like, whatever's currently there. There's Flappy Bird. Yeah, instead of the Big Dipper, it's the selfie stick. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What's your your start sign? Steam locomotive. We got got ten years till we rename them again. In our our current uh, current capitalist hellscape, they would probably all be, like, owned by Coca-Cola and Samsung and... Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, like the Crypto.com Arena. It's going to be like the... Ursa Major brought to you by Amazon. Oh no! <laughs> oh yeah, no. I can see that. there. You've got uh, those stars there. They line up. They make the golden arches. Mm. Oh yeah, no. I take back that idea entirely. Let's <laughs> let's stick with the zodiac. So they've made they've made a mistake, which they obviously haven't noticed at the time. Yeah, one person spotted it, or many many people spotted it. The story goes that someone told them. In practice, you don't need too much specialist knowledge. You don't have to be professional astronomer to know. Okay, and and you haven't said was it corrected? Is the mistake still there to this day? It's still there, yes. Uh, oh. they, they gave an excuse as kind of, it, it's, yeah, we, we totally meant that. Does it have a rude word on it? Does it, does it, I, I'm sorry I keep bringing this up, but did it say fart somewhere? It's got to be right sometime. <laughs> Again, I like the idea that the constellations are just joined up to spell, to spell letters. Or, you know, like Ursa Major was called, some, I don't know, it had a misspelling that made it. <laughs> I can't think of a good pun that's a constellation and a, right. and a family-friendly swear at the same time. Pollux. That's the, 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 standard, the standard star map joke. Pollux. <laughs> it's the name of a star. Just it's, it's the name of a star. It can't be like south up on accident because in space, it's all space, right? Is there a standard up direction? Mm, yeah. If you're looking from the station, it can be wrong, right? So, like, if, yeah, if they've got it the wrong way around, from what the stars are above the roof, that would be a mistake. That was pretty much the mistake. But I'm going to need a little bit more than that. Why would it have happened and what exactly did they do to cause that? But you're right. Big error. Something's in the wrong direction. Did they, did they flip it, mirror it? Yep. Yeah, they did. East was west, west was east. Mm. So why did that happen? The only thing I can think of is that Manhattan... We say north and south, but really it's on an angle. But but I don't know if that would have resulted in mirroring it. Because the guy who designed it designed it looking down instead of looking up. You've basically got it. Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. The, the painters had the plans in their hands. They looked down at the oh, plans. Oh, no. They copied that looking up and so mirrored the entire scene as they went by. Oh. Um, the excuse that station officials gave was that it was from God's point of view. I absolutely would have done the exact same thing. That, I totally would have gone, yep, that one goes there, that one goes there. Yeah. So yes, the sky of Grand Central Terminal is flipped east-west because the painters held the plans in their hands and looked up at the sky. Our last big question of the show then, we go to Jenny. What do you have for us? So this listener question has been sent in by Emil. In Münster, in Germany, there are three white concrete spheres, each 3.5 metres in diameter, in a grassy park. There should have been 13 more of them spread around randomly, and possibly more colourful, too. 
what are they representing? So I'll read it again. Um, in Münster, in Germany, there are three white concrete spheres, each 3.5 metres in diameter, in a grassy park. There should have been 13 more of them spread around randomly and possibly more colourful too. What were they representing? Bombs from World War II. Planets. Atoms. Ooh, these are all good, good answers, but no, not quite. And they're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to work out which atom had like three things in its nucleus and 13, things, 13 electrons <laughs> spinning around it, but I don't think, I don't think there's an atom that has three and 13. Hang on, how, how many balls are there in Paul and Snooker? Is it like a giant game of billiards or something? It is a giant billiards game, yeah. <laughs> oh, have I, have I just got it? Hole in one to mix our metaphors. Um, it, what? It is a giant uh, pool game. Um, so, uh, yeah, in pool, there are 16 balls. Um, the cue ball. I forgot the cue ball. ball. I, I don't know how I did that. Uh, well done, Jeff. That was fantastic. Uh, yeah. No, but there's people on the internet now going, hey, how did he get that? So I just, <laughs> what? That's weird. Um, this is an artwork by an American artist called, <laughs> I, I believe, Klaas Oldenburg, Klaas Oldenburg. Um, and he often makes sculptures of larger than life things. Um, he has like a giant ice cream cone that's on top of a building. Um, and this one was supposed oh. to be giant billiards or giant pool balls, uh, but they ran out of money. And so there are only three and they're not coloured. Oh, the pool balls are coloured. Yeah, and in billiards, there's only the two reds and a white. There's only three balls. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, just, I didn't know it. I was, just, I was just workshopping it in my own head. It sounds like a game. It's pool, not billiards, so it would have been stripes and spots. It's the brightly <sighs> coloured ones. Yeah, yeah, you're quite right yep. to correct me. It's pool rather than billiards. I actually had to look this up uh, while... Um, sort of researching this question because uh, I'm familiar with snooker, which has, I think, 22 balls. And I was shocked, shocked to learn that eight ball pool has 16 balls. Because it's eight, eight each. Yeah. It's not eight each. It, it's seven each plus the cue ball plus the eight ball. Ah. It's just because yeah. the eight ball is like the special one. That's why it's called eight ball pool. Yeah. Either, either team can pot that. Either team. It's, it's not a team sport, Tom. <laughs> You've played. I mean, it is when you're playing it in a bar with 10 people, but... Yeah, so these balls are supposed to be giant pool balls made by the artist Klaas Oldenburg uh, to represent a huge pool game. Which brings us to the question I asked right at the start. Which key can often be seen in between F and G on a keyboard? I hate <laughs> this question. I really, really hate it because I didn't get this and I have just seen on the call we're on three people put their hands up who've clearly got the trick that I didn't. <laughs> All together now, one, two, three. F sharp. F sharp? F sharp. We're talking about a musical <laughs> keyboard. Did everyone, else, did everyone else do the same thing I did and when he read out the question immediately looked down? At the at the keyboard in front of us. That was that was meant to be the trick. <laughs> I looked at the keyboard behind me that you can see in my room back here. But <laughs> what did you have, Annie? I confess I was completely wrong. I thought it was the little red like ThinkPad. Um, I think they call it like the the little nipple or something. So I was totally wrong. <laughs> it, there are many names for it depending on how rude you want to be. Yes, <laughs> but no, it's it's F sharp. Um, Thank you very much to all our players. Uh, where can people find you? What's going on in your lives? Uh, we'll start with Jeff this time. 
Yeah, I run a YouTube channel uh, in my name, Jeff Marshall. I do sort of travel and transport videos, visiting railway stations and just traveling around the world and random places. Look me up, Jeff Marshall, also on Twitter as Jeff Tech. And Jenny. Hi, I'm Jay Draper London on TikTok and YouTube. You can find me doing videos about London history and British history. And Annie. I'm Depths of Wikipedia on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. And um, my name is Annie and I have a Substack too. And if you want to know more about this show or send in a listener question yourself, you can do that at lateralcast.com. We are at lateralcast on pretty much everything. And you can find video highlights every week at youtube.com slash lateralcast. With that, thank you very much to Annie Rowder. Okay, thank you. To Jay Draper. Thank you so much. And to Jeff Marshall. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, everyone. My name's Tom Scott, and that's been Lateral.